you're not going to like the forecast that I am uh, predicting uh, further out and beyond, because I believe there is going to be nothing but hard times for everyone. Somebody really dear to me had mentioned, they said, hey, Rich, you know, try to smile a little more in front of the camera like you're happy. I am. I'm really happy. Uh, I know a lot of, uh, and maybe I can get to that level someday. That would be really nice. But I know a lot of other YouTubers, uh, they got like constant uh, video feed uh, from what they're talking about to display. Helps keep the eye from drifting and, and someone falling asleep or just switching the channel. If, if you're newer to this channel... Uh, I, the channel used to be called Economic Friend. In the uh, the winter months, uh, fall and spring, I actually record these outside. Uh, I, I like to go to certain mountain views, uh, creeks, up the canyon, and I have nice, beautiful backdrops with water rushing through. And, and I got the hand gestures and the hand movements and everything. Uh, but I, I apologize. It, it's you know it's starting to cool off out there a little, but it's just still a little warm for me. But don't get me wrong. I love the summer. I love the warm climate. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. I love the greenery. This is a great time of year, but I'm here in my office where I've got AC blowing, help keep me cool. As you might be able to see, or you could tell, I, I've kind of got a winter coat built in. Uh, I can't take it off. At least I, I should. I need to try harder to, but I, I got a coat on and uh, I just, you know, I need the AC. So uh, just endure, hang in there, bear with me a little bit longer. Uh, we'll get into some cooler months and I'll be back outside. But in the meantime, I promise I'll try to do a little more smiling. Now, before I get too far into the topic of this video, I want to talk about the uh, the housing recession, what that means. I, I want to go ahead and I want to dis have a disclaimer. I want to disclose that, that I am not a financial advisor. I, I am not an attorney. I do not give legal advice. I am not a prophet, nor do I pretend or, or want to or think that I'm a prophet. Uh, so please don't consider me a false prophet. I would like to share a little bit of uh, uh, predictions on what I think is going to happen, where we are headed uh, with the economy, uh, we as a people, as a society. That's what I enjoy talking about. I feel like I have a lot of insight. I feel that I'm qualified to share my opinions. Uh, some people find uh, what I have to share entertaining and, and insightful. What qualifies me to talk about the uh, the housing market, real estate? Well, first, let me share with you. So I became a real estate investor back in 2002. Okay, some of you are probably thinking, okay, big deal. What do you consider yourself a real estate investor? You bought your first home? Yeah, I did. I bought my first home in 2002. However, I didn't stop there. I, I continued to buy more real estate properties. With, within the next year, 2003, I was a full-time real estate investor. Uh, since then, I had per personally, myself, I had owned and sold 150 investment properties since the beginning. So I guess you can say real estate investing, the housing market, uh, is is a bit of a hobby of mine. It's something that I pay attention to. It's something that I follow. You know, while I do believe, you know, watching the charts and how history does repeat itself is an indicator and kind of helps give us give us an idea. However, these last housing bubbles that we've had that we witnessed that started in 2006 and we reached the bottom in 2010, 
was different than what we'd had in the past, what we had experienced in the past prior to that, and is, is different than what we are experiencing today. So because we have different scenarios, different circumstances, charts really don't really help that much. Uh, history doesn't necessarily help either in this situation. So we, we have to bring in other dynamics and other aspects of things and, and pay attention to where things are all tying in together. And that's what I want to talk about. Plus, I almost throw in the fact that I've been an entrepreneur since 1995. I have started uh, several different corporations. Some have were short-lived and some have also reached uh, great success. So I know a thing about the business sector. I, I understand taxes. I understand how taxes work. So what exactly is the housing recession? Because a lot of news media, a lot of people on YouTube, Spotify are talking about, hey, saying, hey, we are in this housing recession. What does that mean? Well, what they mean by housing recession is that sellers are hesitant on selling and buyers are hesitant on buying. So we're kind of like at a standoff right now. Uh, reasons being is because, well, we, as you know, everyone should know, we've, we've seen a, an increase in interest rates, and this has affected uh, the housing mortgage lending. This time last year, we were down as low as 3% on mortgage interest rates. Now we're flirting and we're pushing to 6%. Uh, now some, who, if you're not in the housing market, if you're not, if you don't have a mortgage, you might sit there and think, and even some uh, average Americans who, who own homes may not be aware of this either, but you might think, you know, 3% to 6%, that's really not a big deal. A lot of you probably have revolving credit cards with uh, interest rates over 20%. You know, hey, what's the big deal? But when you, when you run it on a 30-year lengthy period mortgage, it, it is a big deal. Uh, just for an example, uh, the medium household price compared to a 3% mortgage interest rate to a close to 6%, you're looking at uh, close to $800 a month in difference. That's a big deal. $800 is a lot of money for most uh, Americans. I think the average American is probably spending close to or over $800 more a month just in higher gas prices and, and goods compared to this time last year. So imagine uh, adding another $800 onto a mortgage. The average American just cannot do that. Due to the uh, pandemic, the COVID-19 situation that we've had, uh, we, we had received a forbearance from the, uh, the government. The federal government had said, hey, you cannot throw a resident out of your rental because they fall behind. Uh, we have mortgage forbearances for people who, who just can't afford the mortgage that they'd had prior to. That forbearance is expected to expire, is scheduled to expire September the 30th of this year, 2022. And a lot of Americans might just assume, oh, well, I'm sure they'll extend it again because if they don't extend it, well, we're just being set up for mayhem. I mean, everyone's gonna start losing their homes. People are gonna be thrown out into the streets. So, you know, I'm sure they'll come up with something and they'll renew it or they'll extend it another six months or something because, man, if this forbearance ends, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. Well, see, this this is something that, uh, you know, you guys have got to look into. You, you've got to, and, and maybe I'll do another video on it. I've done videos on it in the past where I've talked about the Great Reset. 
If you're not familiar with the Great Reset, and I've taken it off so you can't go back and find it, okay? I took it off for good reasons. But if you Google the Great Reset, it'll give you a, an idea of what it is and the purpose behind it. I'll tell you this right now. This is news. This is what I'm going to share with you. The, the Great Reset is not a conspiracy theory. Uh, elitists around the globe, mostly of those of the Western world, have been plotting and planning and saying, hey, we need to have this Great Reset. We need to have a, a globalized digital currency where everything is just a reset. And they, they said so in the name of this pandemic as their excuse. I'm not going to talk too much about what the Great Reset is in this video, so I want to move on. But if you'd like to learn more about the Great Reset, you've, you've got to Google it. It's, it's a real thing. It's not a conspiracy theory. As you probably also have heard, or maybe this is your first time hearing about it, that's possible. But, you know, the currency that we have uh, on paper has, has posed a problem. They say so by saying that people aren't paying their taxes. People are doing business and doing deals under the table. Hence the, uh, the idea that they passed into law of hiring 87,000 new IRS agents. These IRS agents that they're hiring are not going to become knocking on your door and looking under your uh, mattress for cash. They're going to use these 87,000 IRS agents to keep more track and keep more of a close eye on our digital currency that we are going to have introduced soon. Now, the announcement has not yet been made, but for years we've seen, we've known that this was on the horizon. We knew that we were being funneled into this scenario. I'd hate to make a prediction on when I think it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. It's just going to be a matter of time. It, it could be uh, uh, before this forbearance ends in September. It could be that maybe later after this year, maybe after elections, uh, midterm elections this November, maybe the beginning of next year. Who knows? But it's going to come. Uh, there's going to be an announcement. Uh, and the uh, paper money that we have now today will be done away with and everything will be digital. Now, a lot of you might be thinking, okay, well, that's no big deal. Hey, I haven't had, I haven't touched paper money or coins uh, since 2019 or 2015. I just used my debit card on everything. Hey, that's great. You've conformed. That's what they want. If, if you'd like me to talk more about uh, the digital uh, I've done videos in the past. They're not on there now, but if you like, leave a comment down below and, and it maybe it'll encourage me to go ahead and talk more about that if you'd like to hear more about that. Now, don't worry. I'm going to get back onto the housing market. That, that's the purpose of this video. Uh, but just a few more things I want to share before I get back into the housing market. You know, back in the late 1990s, uh, I witnessed this myself as, an, as a young entrepreneur. Uh, in the late 1990s, uh, they raised taxes. Not only did Clinton raise the taxes on corporations, and small businesses, but so did California at the same time. And at this time, uh, there was the dot-com boom. Everything was just, you know, starting to explode. Tech companies were being born. At this time in the late 1990s, I, I did not have multiple employees with my corporations that I had, had started, but I personally know people who did. They, they had uh, employees. They had uh, 20 employees, 30, 50 employees, and they all went down to just themselves. Why? Because of higher regulations with taxes, uh, workers' comp insurance, insurance. In order to do business in California, you had to put out more money into insurance. And a lot of these companies just did not have the capital 
or the amount of income to do so. So what do they do? Well, I have to downscale my company. People were getting out of work. These Democrats back in the 1990s, I mean, they, they really killed a lot of small businesses. And lo and behold, that, that's very similar. That's exactly, uh, but even at a greater scale, that's what the Democrats are doing now. Higher taxes, higher regulations. This is going to kill small businesses. This is going to kill corporations. You know, I, I hear a lot of people, uh, a lot of conservative uh, other commentators that, that make the comment. They say, oh, well, you know, it's just going to hurt the little people. And even the politicians on Capitol Hill, they say, well, it's going to hurt the little people. They're just going to raise the prices on their goods. Yeah, well, that, that, that might be true to some extent, but it's also what, what's most concerning is how it's going to cause corporations to backtrack on their production because they, one, are not, for one, they're not getting going to get the credit that they once were having before to help flourish with the great economy that we had with the higher GDP growth. So banks are already tightening up on credit. I mean, this is just talk about a, a chokehold on small businesses and, and corporations. Now, we have already seen in other housing markets across the nation where they have already had uh, quite a decrease in home pricing. Some areas have not seen much of that. Uh, one place that has not seen much of a decrease in, in home prices is here where I live, here in Utah right now, here in the greater Salt Lake area. An astronomical amount of building permits were being purchased uh, from home builders uh, since the beginning of this spring. Uh, by the hundreds of thousands of homes were expected to be built. A lot of builders are, are pulling back their plans uh, to build and they're saying, hey, uh, I'm feeling a little nervous about things. Let's just hold off. Hey, that sounds familiar. That That's what I went through back in 2006. I was getting myself ready to start building shopping malls uh, in 2006. I saw the writing on the wall. And I decided, you know, I'm going to hold off a minute and see what's going to happen here. I saw a recession coming and I decided to hold off. But with that said, with the tech industry looking, holding strong at the moment, and now that there's going to be less homes being built here in Utah, I think a lot of people are holding on to their confidence and saying, hey, uh, you know, I don't think our home values are going to go down much because, because of supply and demand. Now, if you're a homeowner here in Utah and you have enjoyed watching your wealth grow with equity within your home in recent years, and you'd like to see that continue, you may not like to hear what I'm going to share. If you are a buyer and you're, and you're waiting, you're holding off because you want to see these prices come back down, well, you might like what I'm going to share with you. But either way, you're not going to like the forecast that I am uh, predicting uh, further out and beyond because I believe there is going to be nothing but hard times for everyone. But here's how I think uh, things are going to pan out, and I'll, I'll speak for Utah. Now, first of all, one thing you have to know and understand about Utah, one of the things that, that pumped up our real estate market was that uh, Governor uh, Herbert, uh, he, he and his successor, um, Cox, they did a huge campaign. They, they did all these things to, to lure California high-tech companies to come and move to Utah. Now, one thing you have to know about Utah, Utah already is a state of entrepreneurship. There are already a lot of the tech companies that are here in Utah originated from Utahns here as well. However, Utah did lure a lot of tech companies out here from California. They said, hey, no taxes, come move here and you will be free of having to pay any state taxes for X amount of years. The larger companies got longer deals uh, up to 10 years. Uh, some smaller companies got deals for five years. A lot of companies that were starting off 
uh, were given deals to stay here to start their tech company here by not having to pay taxes as well. So this brought a lot of tech companies here. Tech companies tend to bring in more higher uh, pay scale. Uh, before this happened, one thing you have to know, Utah has got one of the lowest uh, wages in the United States. Uh, the pay scale here for other uh, workers is really low. And in some cases, even lower than in, in some places in the South. Even if you're a doctor or a nurse, or if you're a, an attorney, their pay is, is still pretty low here. Even if you're a professional uh, uh, therapist, psychologist here, uh, their pay are, is really low as well. Who has the higher pay? The tech workers. The tech workers are what help, and they moved here. So many of them moved here because their companies had moved them here, relocated them here, and so that drove up the housing prices here in Utah. That is the number one biggest thing that pushed the higher house prices here in the state of Utah was, hey, we have a demand. We have a supply. We're shortage of homes and people are coming out here with higher pay. And then there was the bidding wars. So the reality is, is we cannot forget uh, what brought us here. And of course, yes, the lower interest rates made that happen as well. And of course, you, you have investors that came into the state who wanted to buy up more homes uh, for the purpose of rentals, which is the American dream. That's fine. But so, yes, th there are other aspects that help drive up these prices. But the number one, the biggest reason uh, we, we saw such a high increase in home values is the tech industry coming out here. So one of two things, or maybe both, is going to happen, okay? A lot of Utahns who, who cannot, their wages cannot afford uh, these higher home prices, they, they've already been moving out. Uh, they've already been moving out of the state. And I believe there's going to be more of that because now we have other places uh, where home values have come down as much as 8%. 10%. And I think we're going to see even more of that. A lot of Utahns will say, Hey, you know what? We can't, uh, you know, there's a lot of young couples, a lot of younger new families. They cannot afford these home prices. And I believe that a lot of these Utahns uh, who were here before or starting off, they're just going to move out of state. So eventually the supply demand will come down. Another thing too, is talk about uh, people who've occupied Utah moving out. So will tech companies. A lot of these deals that these tech companies received where they don't have to pay any state taxes uh, for X amount of years, 10, 8, 5, 3, whatever they got, when those run out, do you think they're just going to, okay, hey, we owe it to Utah. We're going to just go ahead and start paying our taxes so Utah can just have all this money coming in for us. No. They are going to uh, go to the state. They're going to go to the governor and say, hey, uh, we want you to extend that. If, if you want us to stay, you have to extend that. If you don't extend our tax-free status, we'll just go somewhere else. We'll, we'll go to Texas. You know, we're going to go somewhere where winters aren't so long and aren't so harsh. A lot of our employees aren't happy that we relocated and moved here. And believe me, I've, I've talked to them. Our winters here are very long and very cold, a lot of snow. And a lot of Californians who moved here from California because of their tech companies, are, are some of them are not happy. So that, that's another reason why a lot of tech companies are going to feel inclined to go ahead and relocate and move somewhere else. The state of Utah and investors are going to be like, hey, where are you going? You can't leave. You know, we put up all these buildings to accommodate you. And so here's my here's my prediction. Here's what I fear is going to happen. I believe a lot of these tech companies 
for two reasons. One, they're going to relocate. They're going to get out of Utah. And two, a lot of them are going to diminish because of the higher taxes and the higher regulations that uh, the, uh, the the Democrats have imposed on them. So there are two big things. It's like a perfect storm. We're going to see a lot of empty buildings here. And, you know, I saw this in California after the dot-com bust. I saw this. Uh, they, they put up too many buildings too fast. There were empty buildings all over the Bay Area of California. And it's easy for one to say, oh, well, the, 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 uh, the bust of the dot-com was short-lived. It could bounce back. And that same thing could do that could happen here again as well, too. Not if there's a great reset put in place. We, we are talking about a globalization takeover. As I mentioned in my previous video, China and Russia have been putting their gold together. They, they've created a new currency. They're fighting this, this great reset. They're fighting the Western world on this uh, globalization idea. So I don't know where things are going to go, but here, here's one last thought that I want to share with you, my friends, before uh, I end this video. I want to uh, talk more about this in an upcoming video, and that is, you know, Rich, what do we do? Okay, here's what we can do. First, I want you to know that... Uh, you know, I am a Latter-day Saint. I, I'm a Mormon. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. If you don't already know this, the, the Mormon Church is really big on preparations, uh, providing supplies uh, for for any everybody around the world. The, the church has been extremely generous helping other people across the world with supplies that they're in need of, food and water. Unfortunately, I worry that a lot of uh, uh, members of the church here in Utah will just solely rely and expect and, and count on the church to be able to provide them with what they need uh, in hard times uh, when the S hit the fan scenario and this great reset or whatever could be uh, coming our way. I would not bet on that. I think that's a bad idea. I think independently, as the church has warned and ha the, the church has taught its members for, for uh, over a century, uh, that is to be prepared, to have your own food storage, to have your own water storage, to have your own supplies, as much uh, self-sufficiency, as much self-reliance that you can have. Here's why. I, I have no doubt in my mind that the federal government would seize uh, the church's holdings as far as uh, supplies, food, uh, medical, whatever. I, I have no doubt in my mind that in a, in a crisis uh, situation, the federal government would come in, bring in their military personnel, and would stop the and prevent the church from distributing uh, as they see fit. But in my next video, I want to talk a little more about that, and I want to talk more about uh, things that we could, things that we should be doing. I'm not a fear monger here. I'm not somebody here who who's just trying to stir up trouble. Uh, you know, I talk a lot about how you know the first thing we shouldn't be doing is panic. We don't want to panic. We we need to preserve the innocence uh, of our children, those of that are of, of faint of heart. We we need to be strategic. It's time to. Uh, put together some plans. It's time for us to pull together as a community. As you know, that there's a lot of division here uh, in society, in our country. Uh, there's a lot of hatred being spread. While the not so bright might think, well, the digital currency sounds like a good idea. You don't have to mess around with, with the dirty money anymore, with the germs, you know, infections and and uh, uh, flus and, you know, doing it. It could be more convenient, be an easier way of life. You guys just don't know. You don't understand that this is just going to create an opportunity for them to have more control. 
You're, you're losing your independency. You are losing freedoms. A lot of people laugh at us uh, conservatives when we say, hey, we're losing our freedoms. Man, look back. Step back and look to how far we've come in such a short amount of time. Freedoms have been, that, that's all they're after is taking away our freedoms. But there are things that you can do to prepare and to preserve your independency and your freedoms. And the stronger we will be if we can be a community, if we can help each other out. And that's what I'm doing here with this channel. And that's what I'm doing here. And I hope that you guys will go ahead and help with the support. Give this video a like, uh, make a comment down below. If you haven't yet, share this with a family, uh, with a loved one. And thank you for your personal support. I, I greatly appreciate all of you. Thank you. I'll see you guys in my next podcast.